Today's show could be called, Let's Get Pumped Up About Lent. Everybody needs Lent. Even the ancient Stoics who weren't Christians realized they needed 30 days a month to deprive themselves of everything they love. The good wine, the good food, the good times. We all need to reset our minds, our bellies. Today we're going to talk about Lent. This is a cheerleading episode to get everybody excited about Lent for the right motivations, to discuss the need for penance, prayers for Rome, for the Pope, the history of Lent. Is there a traditional Lent? Mm, the answer is complicated. There's various degradations of Lent over time. We'll talk about that. And I'll just give you some advice. I'm just a dad with a webcam. I'm not your pastor. I'm not your bishop, your pope. I say this over and over and over. But I'm going to give you some advice, some perspective on Lent. Before we pray, I want to share something that uh, is very prudential, very wise, that I heard from Father Ripperger. I was blessed to be hanging out with Father Ripperger a couple weekends ago. We were talking about penance and Lent and all kinds of things. And one thing he said that I had not considered was about Lent, penance, and Vatican II. One of the things that we as traditionalists always think was, how come people in the 60s and the 70s just watched everything change? Now, there were, of course, people who protested it. There were the Archbishop Lefebvre's and the Ottavianis and all kinds of people. Gerard Laurier. And there were people that complained, but a lot of people just went on with it. And Father Ripperger had this insightful observation. He said, you know, Vatican II wasn't just a change on the liturgy, but it was an introduction to a spirituality of ease. As you'll see today, as we go through traditional practices during Lent and penance, you'll see it's hard. It's difficult. Add on to that the four ember seasons of the year. Add on to that no meat every Friday of the year. And suddenly, yeah, they're changing the mass, they're doing kumbaya, or they're you know tearing out the 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 uh, the kneelers or the altar rail. But it's like you know what? We can eat meat on Friday. Hey, we don't have to keep Lent like we used to. Lent's going to be easy now. So there, and also can add on to this, the ease of the annulment process. So suddenly the things that made Catholics stick out in society, not eating meat on Friday, fasting during Lent, not getting divorced and remarried, all these traditional things, suddenly all those things that were signs of striving, signs of penance, sort of eroded away. And Lent became what it is now, just partial fasting on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and don't eat meat just during the Fridays in Lent. Super easy. And I never thought of that before. Father Ripperger, I think, is kind of right. You know, there was sort of this, this appeal to laxity, an appeal really to our flesh. We can be Catholic, but it doesn't have to be hard anymore. Okay, we're going to say the Our Father in Latin, and then we're going to Jump into some of the history of Lent 
um, some advice, and then just lots and lots of encouragement to get you started as we begin with Ash Wednesday and then move through the 46 days of Lent. So let us begin with a prayer. We'll do the Our Father. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, veniat regnum tuum. Fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos malo. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Okay, Lent. Well, as you know, in the modern post-Vatican II canons, all you have to do for Lent is only eat one meal on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday with two snacks. The liturgical word for that, or the ancient word, is collations. Maybe we'll have time to explain why that is. It goes back to St. John Cassian. So, one meal, two snacks, and before Vatican II, a snack or the collation was defined as eight ounces. And Father Ripperger was telling me that his parents actually had a scale that was used during Lent, and you would weigh out your snack or your collation during Lent, and it couldn't be more than eight ounces. So if you were going to have, I don't know, cereal or oatmeal or whatever, eight ounces, that's it. That's what you got. So currently, it's one meal and two snacks, but the eight ounces I don't think is there anymore. And then you're not supposed to eat meat in the Fridays in Lent. Very basic, very simple, very doable. Before that, if we go back to the 1917 Code of Canon Law, uh, it was no meat on Fridays, Saturdays, Ash Wednesdays, Ember Days, and it was if it was a fast day, it was one meal and then two collations, no more than eight ounces. So, you know, you could be, you know, let's just say you're on Good Friday and you have your meal and then people are like, what are you doing? You're having another meal. You're to half a pizza. You go, this is my collation. This is my snack. No, half a pizza would not be a collation. Eight ounces is the traditional amount. Oh, I forgot to say something at the beginning. I have to give the requisite um, preamble to all of this that every priest says on every Ash Wednesday, and I'm going to go ahead and say it here. It's all about the heart. It's all about interior disposition of loving God and loving your neighbor. If Lent, if fasting uh, creates in you a sense of judgment, a sense of pride, uh, you're doing it wrong and it's bad. So it has to always be a sign of penance for your own sins. I'm doing this because I am a miserable sinner. I'm doing this because I'm addicted to the pleasures of the flesh. In other words, the accusation is not other people. Like, they're not real Catholics. They're not really traditional. They don't really do penance. I do. Ha, ha, ha. Not that. Right? It can't be pointed at other people. It has to be pointed at yourself. So everything I say today... Uh, falls under that umbrella, okay, of the heart matters most into your penance. I will also say, and this, I'm going to kind of keep this as a theme of today's show, is I would encourage you, as I encourage myself, to set the bar higher than I feel comfortable and then 
fail a little bit along the way. So instead of making Lent super easy, like, well, I'm only, I'm just going to give up Nutella. And you'll go the 46 days and you'll be like, pat on the back. I did it. I didn't eat Nutella for 46 days. Awesome. I would say step up something that's borderline. Wow. Can I really do this? Well, I'm going to have to pray about this. I'm going to ask God for grace. I'm going to, there's going to actually have to be some some spiritual begging of myself towards God in order to accomplish this. I would say go for that. And then if you fail along the way, that's just a lesson in humility. And Lent now becomes a journey of not only penance, but also of humility. So my encouragement, and I'll circle back to this at the end, is to set the bar a little high and realize you might fail, and that's just going to humble you, and that's good. All right, so that was the 1917 code. Now, if we go back in time to, say, the 1200s, if we go to St. Thomas Aquinas, he says that during Lent, Ash Wednesday to Holy Saturday, no meat at all. Zero meat. No pork, no chicken, no beef. He also says nothing that comes from an animal, such as dairy, so no milk, no cheese, he also says, and he's he's not just making this up, he's receiving the tradition. No eggs and no lard for cooking vegetables. So you can't take vegetables and cook them in lard. So none of those animal products. Also no alcohol. And that applies to all 46 days of Lent. You may ask, why are there 46 days in Lent? I thought it was the 40 days of Lent. It is 40 days of Lent plus six Sundays. That makes Lent 46 days long. Another confusion has to do, well, are Sundays a day off? Let's clear that up. I'm going to go pre-Vatican II just to explain how the church understood the Sundays in Lent. Okay. The Sundays in Lent, are they violent? meaning a day of penance. Yes. Do we omit the Gloria? Yes, because it's a day of penance. Do we omit the Alleluia? Yes, because it's a day of penance. So Sundays are still penitential. They're still within the penitential framework. We're not wearing white and gold vestments on the Sundays during Lent. We're wearing violet. It's still penitential. Traditionally in the history of the church, the things that you gave up, and giving up something is called abstinence. Those things remained off the table on the Sundays in Lent. What changed is, as Thomas Aquinas says, from the earliest days of the church and until the 1200s and a little bit beyond, all Catholics did not eat food until 3 p.m. in honor of the death of Jesus Christ. Thomas Aquinas has an article on that. You can go to Summa Theologiae. Secunda Secunde, question 147, article 7. And he goes through these rules. So what happens is we don't fast on a Sunday. We don't deprive ourselves of food on a Sunday because Sunday is the day of the resurrection. But in penitential seasons like Advent and like in Lent, the things we give up, we still do not get them on a Sunday. I know this is going to upset a lot of people, especially if they were taught in the Novus Ordo or by Novus Ordo priests, 
They were taught, well, if I give up beer during Lent, I can drink beer every single Sunday in Lent. Now, you can make up your own rules. No one's telling you what, you know, what to do on this. But if you want to go with the traditional mode of abstinence, as it was before Vatican II, the things you gave up, like meat, eggs, dairy, lard, alcohol, you didn't get to have those and taste those again until Holy Saturday, until Easter. Holy East, uh, Lent ended on Holy Saturday. So you didn't get to taste those things. Now, you got to eat all your three meals a day and whatever you wanted on the Sundays of Lent. But the things you gave up, you didn't get them on the Sunday. So there's two things going on in Lent. There's fasting, which is not eating food. That's a, You reduce the quantity of food. You fast till 3 p.m. And maybe you have two snacks, collations, eight ounces. The other thing is abstinence. Those are the kinds of food that you give up, quality. So abstinence is for 46 days. Fasting is only for the 40 days, excluding Sundays. Does that make sense? For, a long, for the longest time as a new Catholic, I didn't understand all that until it was finally explained to me and I looked at canon law and I read Thomas Aquinas. I'm like, okay, that's the distinction. All right, so abstinence, giving up stuff like chocolate and eggs and dairy and meat goes the full 46 days of Lent, including you don't get to eat it on Sunday, but fasting, you don't fast on the Sunday. Now, there was a modification in Lent during the Crusades. The Crusaders were out there fighting wars and protecting pilgrims. Did they get to skip out on Lent? Nope. The Crusaders kept the traditional Lent. So the Crusaders did not eat any meat for the 46 days of Lent. But since they had to pick up swords and fight and dig trenches, they were allowed to eat dairy, and eggs. That was the, the concession made to crusaders. So I sometimes jokingly say to someone, like, they're like, well, I'm not going to eat meat, but I am going to have butter and eggs during Lent. That's You're doing the crusader Lent. All right. Now, my challenge for myself, and especially for people new to watching my YouTube channel, listening to my podcast, I'm going to make a few challenges for y'all. Take them or leave them. All right. Just these are suggestions that I'm putting out in the air. If you want to reach out and use them or modify them, great. First off, I would challenge you if you don't attend the traditional Latin Mass, that you would say, This Lent, I'm going to go for the six Sundays of Lent. Maybe some of you have a spouse who says, yeah, I don't really like Latin Mass, kind of weird, and priest faces the wrong way, and he doesn't speak in English or Spanish, and I don't want to do that. What you can say is, is, honey, for penance, I really want us as a family to go to the traditional Latin Mass for the next six Sundays of Lent. So we're going to do Lent at the traditional Latin Mass. Why do I recommend this? Well, the first time you go to the traditional Latin Mass, you will be thoroughly confused and you'll have a lot of questions. You'll see things that are recognizable and you'll see things that are not. By the time you've gone six times and maybe you've been to a high Mass one to three times and you've been through it, it starts to make sense. If you've ever learned a language, 
At first, it's totally confusing. After you've learned a bunch of it and then you go into that culture and you've been in that culture for a few weeks after study, and you've studied the language before, all of a sudden, things start snapping in your mind. Phrases come together. Paragraphs come together. You actually start speaking full sentences in that language. And that's kind of what happens with the traditional Latin Mass. Of course, it is a foreign language. It's Latin. Uh, so six Sundays. All right, that's the challenge. Latin Mass challenge for this Lent. The other one for new people is, if you have not committed to praying the Holy Rosary every single day of your life, yes, every single day of your life, from today until the day you die, I would encourage you to say, Wow, that sounds like a lot to do, Taylor. So I'm just going to go, here's my suggestion, the 46 days of Lent. Tell yourself, I am going to pray five decades, five mysteries of the rosary, every day for 46 days. And my guess is, is after you've done it for 46 days, you will be on such a roll that you will then say the rosary for the rest of your life every single day. What if you make a mistake or you get off track and you don't say the rosary for three or four days? You just get back on. No one's here to wag their finger or judge you. You just you say, man, I just need more of God's grace. I'm not a Catholic superstar. I'm not a Catholic saint or martyr or a white martyr. I'm little. I need God's grace. I'm just going to pick myself up, dust myself off, and do it again. And then the third thing I'm going to challenge or encourage you to do, and this is for everybody, people who've been watching me for 15 years or 15 days, alms for the poor, or if you like, alms for the church. And I would like, I would challenge you to get very specific about your giving. And can your giving make you uncomfortable? So giving a dollar every day, hmm, that doesn't make anyone uncomfortable. Does $10 a day make you uncomfortable? Right? And what I would encourage you to do to make it tangible, to make it specific, there are 46 days in Lent. And I would say, I would encourage you, say, you know, I am going to give alms every day for this amount. Let's just say $5. I'm going to commit alms $5 a day. That's like a little bit more than a fancy coffee drink or something. So $5 a day times 46 days is $230. So you can just say the, the alms that I'm giving is going to come out to be $5 a day during Lent. Or you can say I'm skipping a meal every day during Lent. That would be, I don't know what a meal would cost you if you make it at home or if it's something you do when you go out at work. You know, maybe that's, maybe you live somewhere expensive like New York or LA. $10 a day. Well, if there's 46 days, that'd be a $460 alms for orphans, for poor nuns, poor clares. I don't know. That's between you and God. But fasting, worship, Prayer and alms, these are the traditional ways by which we grow close to Jesus Christ. So those are the challenges. Now, 
let's go back to the old days. Leo the Great, Saint Leo the Great. He says that Lent is actually apostolic. It goes back to the apostles. Listen to this quote. He exhorts the early Christians of his time, he's the Pope, he's the Bishop of Rome, to abstain that they may, quote, fulfill their fasts, the apostolic institution of the 40 days. So he says it's an apostolic institution. Does that mean that the apostles were keeping Lent? I believe that's what it says. Also, the historian Socrates, not Socrates the philosopher, uh, and St. Jerome also use language of Lent being apostolic. Tertullian, the church father, he says that before Easter, on the days in which the bridegroom was taken away, that Christians had a strict fast. He speaks of fasting on Good Friday and Holy Saturday, so we see here the Triduum. But also we know that there was a fortnight. A fortnight is two weeks, 14 nights, on which his community was keeping a special fast. And this was a hardcore fast. It's called xerophagia. And xerophagia is vegetables and grains dry, not cooked. And that's the two weeks. So in the traditional Latin Mass, the traditional calendar, we would call this Passion Week and Holy Week. All right. We also have uh, a pilgrim. Her name is Atheria. And she goes to Jerusalem. This is early on, I think in the three or four hundreds. I can't remember her dates. Might be a little bit after that. But anyway, she talks about how there was strict fasting for weeks and weeks before Easter. And Gregory the Great also talks about this period of fasting. It's the spiritual number of 40 because why? Christ fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. So this becomes a pattern for all the disciples of Jesus. Can we not have any food for 40 days like Christ? No. Right? But what we do is we deny ourselves for this time of Lent. Now I want to go back to the snacks. Right? So originally, if you read the Old Testament, if you read the Hebrew scriptures, when they declare a fast for a day or three days, that's literally no food. It is the black fast. No food. Nothing. Thought I heard you. Come up here. Come here. Come here. Come here, Daisy. Interruption by the puppies. You don't want to come? The puppies turned four months. <laughs> you want to have them say hello, Joy? Official mascot of the. <laughs> yes. Here he is. That's Duke. Hey, Duke, man. We got these guys for Christmas. All right, you go. You go play. You go play. <laughs> you go downstairs. This is the um, 
the joke about the Taylor Marshall podcast is that things are so bad in the world and so bad in the church that we just occasionally have to bring puppies on to keep things light. What are we talking about? Oh, what are we talking about? Those dogs. Oh, the collations. Going back to, so originally in the Old Testament, fasting meant nothing. How many calories? Zero calories. That's what a fast was. Then, once we get into the Christian era and we get into Lent, people are like, okay, well, you can't eat nothing for 40 days. So what they say is, okay, if you wait till 3 p.m. when Jesus died on the cross, the hour of mercy, you don't eat any food until 3 p.m. Then at 3 p.m. you can have a meal and that's it. The next day, second day of Lent, no food, 3 p.m., have a meal without meat, no pork, no chicken, no eggs, no dairy, basically a salad. Finish your day, go to bed. Day three, no food till three, and on and on. Well, that's pretty hard. People are like, I don't know if I can do that. So what happens is, is St. John Cassian, he says to the monks, okay, you don't eat till three o'clock, 3 p.m., but... You can have a snack later on in the evening. We'll per permit you a snack while we do some of the readings during the collations. And so what happens is that snack gets called a collatio or imporal collationis. And that little snack eventually becomes two snacks. And that's how we get up to 1917 into the Catholic Church. Right? So if you wanted to do it traditional... You would not eat anything till three and then have a snack. Or some. sometimes they said, okay, well, in the morning, you can have some juice, have a little snack in the morning, some juice, and then you have your meal at three or after three or after Vespers, and then you have another little snack before bed. All right, so that's how it became more lax over time. Now, what happened after Vatican II and in the new code of canon law, Basically, it's like you can have a full meal and then two more meals, but those two meals can't add up to a full meal or those two snacks can't add up to a full meal. Whereas in the 1917 and before it was eight ounces. So you had one snack of eight ounces, a second snack of eight ounces and a full meal. Okay. Now I've collected here. I'll eventually put it into a book form or something. The maybe I'll do a Lent in 50 pages at some point. And I am writing a book right now. It's not that book. It's a book that you will all want to read. It's, it's going to be fantastic. But maybe I'll put all this Lent stuff in a book. But over time, I have it all in front of me. You can see how Lent started out super strict in the 200s and the 300s. And then over the centuries, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And then eventually they say, well, okay, you can have butter. Okay, you can have dairy. Okay, you could eat eggs. Uh, in 1887, they said, okay, you eat the vegetables, but you can actually use lard or tallow, animal fat, to cook the vegetables in. That was 1887, and so on and so forth. So it gets a little bit more easy along the way. Now, if you know any Eastern Catholics, Byzantine Catholics, or if you have Eastern Orthodox friends, you realize they don't play. 
They didn't do the Roman Catholic, let's make it easier century by century. No, the Eastern Orthodox just post up on the wall, here is hardcore Lent. This is so hard. Well, can we make it easier? No. Lent is hard. Deal with it. Well, I just can't do it all. Okay. Do your best. See, the, the Eastern understanding is put the, hard, put the original hard Lent up. There it is, posted on the wall. And then you do your best to fulfill it in your state in life. The Roman way over time is they put the hard Lent on the wall. There it is. And people said, well... I'm a crusader. Okay, we'll change it. We'll make it easier. Well, I work in the fields and I plow the fields. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, we'll make it easier. Well, what about pregnant ladies? Okay, put that on there. And oh, what about if you live in a city and you don't have access to fish on Friday? Okay, well, and, and they, what they did is they just chop, 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 chop. And so unfortunately, in the Roman Catholic Church, it's just been whittled away over time. Whereas in the Eastern Church, they put the ideal up and let people try to their best ability. And they kind of know. In fact, there's even a reading on Holy Saturday by St. John Chrysostom basically saying, we all know we didn't make it. We all know we failed along the way to keep a proper Lent unto the Lord. And that's part of the humility. And it's part of the, we strove. We strove for perfection. We tried to be penitential. We failed. Christ died for us. Christ loves us. He's risen again. Hey, it's Easter. Let's party. And honestly, I really like that. I actually prefer that Eastern um, posture towards Lent. And so my suggestion for you is to look at either the Eastern Lent, and actually the Eastern Lent is almost identical to the ancient Roman Lent because they're apostolic in origin, and print that out. Write it out and say, okay, me this year in 2022, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to climb the ladder this high. This is the rung I'm going to put. Again, you're not trying to win the Olympics here. You're not going to post this on Twitter. Uh, you're not going to brag about it at coffee after mass. This is interior. And this is you trying to go grow close to Christ and to reset your body's expectations, its addictions, its love for ease and pleasure and sweetness and a full belly, a full gut. That's what this is about. I want Christ offered his flesh on the cross so that I could be saved. I'm going to offer up these flesh meats. Or I'm going to offer up these delicacies so that I can be conformed. I can be cruciform with Christ on the cross. I'm saying no. So what am I going to do? I'm going to eat less food. I'm going to eat less quality food, maybe not meat. I'm going to try to attend the traditional Latin mass for six Sundays. I'm going to try to pray the rosary every day for 46 days. I'm going to give alms to the poor at $5 a day for 46 days or however you're going to calculate it. I'm going to make myself uncomfortable, not because I just want to punish myself. I want to make myself uncomfortable so that I stop looking at the pleasures and joys of this world and I look for the pleasures and joys of the next world, 
with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in heaven. The Blessed Mother and all the saints. That's what I'm going to go for. And that is what I want to encourage you today. Now, there's a picture here up on the screen. I haven't got to it yet. Look at this young man. This is, you know, we got a big problem right now over in the Ukraine, Russia and all that. I'm not going to get into it. But this is a young boy praying for peace in Poland in a church. Um, I couldn't get his mom and his other brother and sister to fit in here. But here he is. He's on the floor, cruciform, praying. Are we going to pray that hard? Are we going to be cruciform? I'm not saying you need to go out and do this in your parish. Do this where people can't see you. Or however you're going to pray. However you're going to fast. However you're going to do penance. Do it private. But that's cruciform. Where did that kid learn that? I guarantee that kid learned that from his dad. The great, the old story of Carol Wojtyla. He said his guy his vocation because he came down one night and saw his dad in the middle of the night keeping a prayer vigil on his knees. Your kids are always watching. People are asking me, what are some good charities? I am not going to list any charities on here because you need, A, you need to research them yourself and B, I may, may make a mistake and recommend something bad. Do your own research. I will say, giving your money to a church slush fund like Catholic Charities, CRC, is a horrible mistake. Lots of that money goes to bad causes. Any charitable slush fund I would run away from your money. The principle of subsidiarity must be in place. Give your money in such a way that you know the people who are using it and you can see the results. Local. Think local. Are there local traditional nuns? Connect with them. Local orphanage. Someone in your community who is down and out, like a widow in your parish. Do you notice a widow who wears the same clothes every week to Mass? She probably needs your help. Alms don't have to be in a slush fund with an envelope that has the USCCB written on it or Diocese of XYZ on it. That's lazy giving. Lazy alms and lazy tithes. Is there a mom who has six kids and she's a widow? She lost her husband. She needs your help. Give alms to her quietly and secretly. So I, I really think we Americans are like, what are the charities we give to? Like, what is the 501c3 and the LLC and all that? What are we, right? No, like biblically alms is looking around and seeing people Maybe it's someone who works for you in your business or works under you and you notice they're down and out. A widower, a widow, someone who's been left by their spouse. Alms, alms. Then you can see where the alms are going. So, I want to encourage you. I want you to get excited. We all need to tell our stomach, you know what? You're not getting your favorite dessert every single night. You're not getting your favorite fast food every five days a week, Monday through Friday. 
you're not getting all that cream and sugar that you pour into your coffee. You tell your tongue in your mouth, no, you're not getting that. You're not getting that thick, juicy ribeye, that brisket sandwich, that tiramisu. No, we're going to dial everything down. We're going to have solidarity with the poor, solidarity with Christ. We're going to have a little suffering. We're going to go to bed and we're going to think, you know what? I'm still a little hungry. Should I eat some more? And you say, no, I can sleep with a little hunger. You know, maybe we don't need 2,000 or more calories every single day. I know I don't. I got to wind it down. Lent is that time. Lent is that time. I would also encourage you to be an apostle for Lent amongst other Catholics and perhaps non-Catholics, but don't be a jerk about it and don't brag about how hard Lent is or what you're doing or anything like that. I've had lots of great conversations with Protestants about Lent. And I'll say, you know, honestly, like we live in such a decadent society. This is what you say to Protestants. I mean, we have all this food and fast food and colas and processed food and screens and televisions. That's one thing our family's doing is no, no television for 46 days. All this, all this distraction, you know, and it's, you know, it'd be impossible to give it up for 365 days a year. But as Catholics, we're going to say, you know what? For 46 days, a little over a tenth of the year, we are going to give it up or try to give it up or struggle to give it up and to remind ourselves what it means to be human without Netflix and Prime and what what else they got, Paramount and all, I mean, all this, everything. Reset, get simple. And then you'll be so depleted that when Easter comes, the resurrection of Christ, the Pasch, you, Holy Saturday, and then into Easter Sunday, and the whole week of Easter are going to be partying. Partying for the Lord. Not just partying because it's spring break or something dumb like that. Partying for Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes, indeed. So let's fast for 46 days, and then we'll party at Easter. And then enjoying that steak, that tiramisu, that cream in your coffee will taste all that much better because you're uniting it with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right. Let's say Hail Mary that we have a good Lent. Where's the button? Here it is. Oremus nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in molieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or pronobis peccatoribus, nunc et ator mortis nostre. Amen. And for Christ our King, Gloria Patri, et Filio, Spiritui Santo, sicuterat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. All right. Strive. Do it for love of God. Do it for love of neighbor. Do something that brings you out of your comfort zone. And if you fail along the way, you learn humility as well. Oh, and I didn't even say this. Write it down and post it in the kitchen. If you don't write it down, you'll be two weeks in the land. You'll be like, did I really give up 
chocolate because I'm going to eat some Nutella right now. It's not really chocolate. That's hazelnut. Or I'll have some hot cocoa. That's not really a chocolate bar. And you'll start, you'll start creating all these wormholes in your fasting. Write it down and be specific. Say for 46 days, I am not going to eat. Boom, 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 boom. And then stick to it. And don't brag. And don't judge other people. And don't be prideful. If you like the show, give it a thumbs up, hit the like button, and uh, share it. Lent tomorrow. Get the word out. Share it on Facebook. And if you're new, please do subscribe. You can uh, do that in the right-hand corner. There's a little subscribe button and a bell. Hit the bell. You'll be notified. I put out three shows per week and some highlights every once in a while. So subscribe, hit the bell, hit the like button, etc. All right. Well, I think that's all I got to say. Oh, no, it's not. Pray the rosary every day or not on the team. Let's make it happen in Lent. Got to pray that rosary every day. Lent is a great time to get into that habit. I mean, I, I've been doing it now. It's either my guardian angel or my conscience or my brain. If it gets to the end of the night, for some reason, I haven't prayed the rosary. Usually we pray the rosary as a family. But something, I, there's like this alarm going off in my mind, like rosary, rosary, rosary. Programmed in there. Start it now. 46 days. Pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless you. Godspeed. And have a happy and holy Lent.